Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring the Score podcast, the podcast where we offer our opinions on film scores and the films they're inspired by. I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Measuring the Score. And today, I'm very excited, Leslie. You know why I'm excited? Why are you excited? Because we're talking about a Tim Burton horror film. Oh, I thought maybe you were excited about our guest. Well, I am excited about our (laughs) guest, but I'm excited about talking about... Because our guest is very excited about this, too. He tried to come on a day early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! (laughs) He did. He did. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and just get straight into this because I'm excited to have him on here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Josh from Twist My Arm Podcast. Oh my goodness, thank you. I am so happy to be here. I'm really excited to uh, to talk about this movie and the score and, and just to be on with you guys, man. You, you, you guys were just on Sudden But Inevitable a couple weeks ago and... <laughs> Just made me realize how much I uh, need to be on your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were on your show. You interviewed us. Um, I think it was sometime last year. And I, yeah. I, after that, man, I was like, all right, this guy's like really cool. We got to invite him on our show. He had Grogu in the background. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Josh was so awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that- yeah, you yeah. had Grogu in the background. Yep, remember that now? <laughs> I, I I think I had the yeah the green. Sp- was up yep. and the Grogu sitting on a chair yes. so he yep. was like floating in space I think yep. yeah yeah yep. yeah that's that what was, was cool <laughs> <laughs> all right so Josh real quick tell our listeners all about you the Twist My Arm podcast network and where they can find you <laughs> oh man so man I started podcasting a long time ago and it started as a podcast just the Twist My Arm podcast and over the years it's uh, kind of evolved into this network um it's now just the twist my arm network and we have six six to eight different shows on the network they're not all running at the same time but but there's always always something coming from us um you know you got the sudden but inevitable podcast with good old jesse and ricky where we talk about old series that you know didn't last as long as they should have usually it's just one season series of firefly or cowboy bebop something like that I mean, we got things for Star Wars, for Marvel. There's a tabletop guy on there. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, and you can find all of that, all of our podcasts and all of our different blogs and things at twistmyarm.net. I actually changed. If anyone like knows us that's listening, that, that website changed. It used to be twistmyarmpodcast.com. But then it was like, well, it's not really a podcast anymore. So we should probably change that up so now right. it's twistmyarm.net okay and that'll take you to, to everything um all of our all of our shows our store all that stuff so okay yeah right. cool. that's, that's i guess that's kind of the gist of it i don't know i don't know man it's just a bunch of nerdy stuff that's all <laughs> <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong with nerdy stuff there's all right nothing wrong with being a nerd <laughs> well, i mean that, that's why that's why we <laughs> all got along yeah that's why we got along so well man because we're, we're all, all nerds yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Old yeah, nerds. In some way or the other, right? Like yeah. there's and, and everyone's got their own little corner of, of nerddom that they sit in, I feel like. <laughs> That's right. Connected to the same table. Exactly. 
Now, Josh, yeah. yeah. Real quick. Um, now we we had a whole list written out for season two, and we're sitting there talking about it and everything else. And when we said Sleepy Hollow, you got very excited. Mm. Hmm. Why is that? Man, Sleepy Hollow is one of my my favorite like horror movies of of all time. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just I was young when it came out. I'm I'm kind of young, you know. It's, it came out in '99, and I was 11, and it was kind of at the at the point in time where I was like, I'm gonna watch anything that I possibly can, any <laughs> horror movie that I can, anything. And uh, Sleepy Hollow was one of them. And I always liked the original story from it too, just Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman, and, and you know that that first trailer that came out, which is funny because I went on the special features today and watched the trailer <laughs> that originally came out before. Right. And I like today, I was like, wow, this is this is hot garbage. I would never see this movie today. <laughs> Did you but ever see then, the like, oh, Did you ever oh. see the Disney cartoon? A long time ago. Yeah. And that has I mean, I know that that has a big part of why I wanted to see this movie and why I loved it so much. Um I I might have also had a little bit of a crush on Christina Ricci when oh. I was younger. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now we we'll talk about this in the film, the whole thing between Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, but I remember the, mm. the the reason why I interrupted you there because we're talking about the cartoon. I remember the cartoon scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> it really did. The, yeah. the, the Disney cartoon. No, no, no. See, you're laughing. And see, the Disney cartoon scared the living crap out of me. And I'm like, if the Disney cartoon can do this, I wonder how the movie's going to be. <laughs> well, luckily, the movie was kind of comedic. You know, it's right. like watching it, especially as, as an adult, like I... Again, I was young, so when I was young, I got a little bit scared. But but now I'm like, oh my god, that the blood looks like the candle wax that they used to seal the <laughs> well, the envelopes. They with. had to they and, had to do it that way because they used a blue filter. So because they used a blue filter, they had to use orange blood in order to make it red. Uh, so that's why it looks overly red because of the blue filter they filmed with. <laughs> Does that make that sense now? Makes so much sense now. Yep. Okay. Because it was very, it's very red. It is. It's like Kool Aid red. Very orange. All right. So, of course, on the show, the way we do is we talk about the score first. So, the score was written by, I mean, it's a Tim Burton movie. So, naturally, who do you have? Danny Elfman. Now, I mean, that just goes hand in hand with him and Beetlejuice. Really? Had to bring Beetlejuice in. If you're talking about Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, of course, I'm going to mention Beetlejuice. It's either Beetlejuice or Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. How many Danny Elfman scores have you uh, reviewed? Uh, this is actually... We, we did a composer showcase on Danny, Danny Elfman, Elfman. But we have not talked about... Okay, that's, this, that's right. That's yeah, right. this is our first Danny Elfman score. No. I think we... Maybe that's why I remembered you liking him so much was because of the showcase. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We that's where it was. Nightmare. I just... Yeah, we, my bad. Yep, I'm sorry. Yep. I, I am a terrible host. I, I'm just going to hang my hat so, up right so now. Is... I quit. I'm done. I actually got that one right for once. <laughs> <laughs> Gold star for so me. So this is the, the third one. Though. Yeah, this is the third. This is the third <laughs> subject. That, be quiet over there. This is the third subject that we've had. I'm right for once. <laughs> Okay, you got a brownie point, okay? That's it. We're done. This has made my day. <laughs> now now I'm going to have to hear about this all night long. No, for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry, man. 
Jeez. See, this is what happens. When I didn't you mean to on. bring that upon you. <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault, Josh, because you picked Sleepy Hollow. So now I'm going to deal with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to constantly message you. I'm like, oh, oh Leslie brought it up again tonight. Thank you so much, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just text Leslie and be like, get it. <laughs> I'll send him a picture of a headless horseman. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So, I, I, I just lose tonight all the way around. What I like about <laughs> this score, I, I wrote down three keywords that describe this score its entirety. And that is chorus, bells, and bass. <laughs> you hear a lot of chorus, you hear a lot of bells, and there are a lot of bass tone score. I would say a lot of chorus, bells, and brass. A lot of low brass. Okay, brass, bass, tomato, <laughs> tomato. No, no, that's your list. My list is it's such a, it's such a, go ahead. It's such a gothic score too. Like it's, it's all goth. Like it's not very, to me, like when you listen to, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas or like Batman or something, it's a little more jumpy. I know we've talked about it before where Danny Elfman's like a little bit jumpy. A little whimsical he, sound. That he whimsical. Has. Exactly. Yes. And this one is so much more, I don't know, dark, you know, it's, it's a, it's different from, from a normal Danny Elfman uh score now he's still got whimsical elements in there i mean it's still there it's it's just not as much right right it's more the the way i was thinking about it because i I was trying to figure out in my head coming home today i was trying to figure out how am i going to describe this score you can't say it's a full-on horror score because it's not it's it's danny elfman so it has those moments in there where it's kind of quirky whimsical and everything else i would say whimsical horror with a leaning Mm. more towards gothic horror because like the opening part with uh martin landau's character where he's driving in the carriage and you got the organs coming in you got the choir coming in you got the low brass and the oboe and everything else coming in there and, and when you hear that on the score it's just everything's the choir the brass the strings everything's sweeping it's always you know mm. swelling and then de- you know well, crescendoing and I, then I decrescendoing that use that he utilizes that in, in parts to create movement. So you've got, you know, your your main protagonist, I mean antagonist rather, is this headless horseman that's on a horse. And so, I mean, he uses some of those sweeping elements to create movement, you know, the horse movement, that sort of thing. Um, I, I feel like he really did a good job of utilizing the bass uh, instruments in order to create tension. You know, how some composers will create tension with silence especially in the horror genre. They'll utilize that silence, they'll amp it up, and it creates tension within the score. But I think Elfman did it uh, with, uh, actually did it with those bass tones. And not only did he do it with the bass tones, um, he had layers of bass tones. So within the tension, he had movement. So it was movement and tension. And then I, I, you know, I, then I noticed that he had these higher octaves that would come in that blended lovely but it added a sense of wonder. So, you know, in some of these scenes, especially when you see Ichabod, when we talk about the movie, you see Ichabod and his mom or, you know, Ichabod and um, Katrina. You know, you've got this lovely element that uh, comes into play that's kind of, you know, wonderment. And he he utilizes those higher octave to create that. So, you know, that's my best way of trying to describe the whole score in the nutshell. Yeah, no, and it works. Well, Josh, what what was your 
you know, what was your emotion? What, what did you feel listening to the score? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, to, I, sorry to kind of put you on the spot, buddy. <laughs> but you're a guest. Well, no, but I, I, I did a lot of good. I, I feel like I did a lot of good research. Once you hear it, you might not think so. But so, I, you know, I was driving around like I, I just moved across states this last week. And I listened to a lot of the soundtrack doing that. And so I got a lot of good um, insight. But I also listened to the soundtrack before I even watched the movie. Okay. Which I, I like to do sometimes, um, unless it's Star Wars Episode One, when <laughs> you know they, they do some crazy spoiling stuff. But I, I like to listen to the soundtracks before I watch the movies because you can kind of get a feel for what's, what's going on. And like, and then when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh yeah, I really like this song, you know. And and my my biggest thing is I, I really love the the like Ichabod serenade every time that they're kind of he's got like a meaningful moment or something. Um, and I didn't realize that was his serenade until I actually watched the movie again, you know, because listening to the music, I'm like, oh, my God, it's great. And then but then I had another weird thing with it because I today I watched the movie and then I went back and listened to the soundtrack while I was reading um, and I was reading a Star Wars book because <laughs> me, I, I love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of weird to like, I don't know if you've ever put Danny Elfman to Star Wars, but it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try I that. think there was a joke on, on uh what was it oh man family guy blue harvest where it's like uh you know the aunt yes. uncle will kill and everything else and he's like oh no there goes john williams and the orchestra now we gotta score the rest of the movie with danny elfman and it cuts over to somebody yep. like, and also luke just shoots him <laughs> yeah. yeah oh um, man but i mean otherwise i i absolutely love this one and pretty much everything about this movie like this movie is i guess i shouldn't give my rating quite yet but it is very very much high on my rating scale um (laughs) and a lot of it has to do with that music and a lot of it is because it's just it's danny elfman you can tell but again it's different and it it sucks you into this movie really quick um and anytime that there's some sort of mystery in, in the movie for instance i think one of my favorite scenes is um when they're at the tree and and they they first get to the the tree and and then the music starts or it gets really loud when they show that out out pan of the tree oh yeah and and they do that a lot like he does that a lot in this movie where um it's like a reveal you know it's like the second they reveal the horseman there's some loud horns and then the, even even to go as far as uh revealing danny elfman's name in the credits at the very beginning <laughs> you're watching and they say Danny Elfman on the screen, the music gets really intense for a second. Like, <laughs> yes, this is Danny Elfman's score. I am and, not, and they I do am that not gonna lie. I love that. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. A lot of composers do that. I mean, I, I know I've done it. I'll sit there and score some opening titles. My, my name comes up. I'll put like a little extra note in there, a little, 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 flourish. little instrument in there, an extra choir or something just to say, oh, there's me. Right. <laughs> I feel like that would be in my contract if I ever did that. I'd be like, listen, <laughs> If I'm going to make this, like, you're going to put my name right here at this point of the song because that's the best part. <laughs> I made it for myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you cut this, guess what? You cut me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Josh, you did pick up on the the kind of reoccurring motifs when you when you mentioned, uh, you know, Ichabod's motif. He's got, uh, you know, thing that I noticed is that he's got kind of a, a few reoccurring motifs. One is with Ichabod. One was Ichabod and his mother. 
And then you have, you know, Ichabod and Katrina. And then you have the horseman. He's got his own, mm-hmm. to me, you know, motif. So when you hear that mm-hmm. song, especially at the tree, Chris and I were listening to that piece earlier today. And when they're at the tree, and if you listen to the piece, you can hear kind of like the horseman's motif kind of interwoven in there, uh, you know, as, as the music progresses. So, you know, you did mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head, you know, I noticed these motifs as well, you know, as we were listening uh, to the score. Yeah, that's some of my favorite thing about these kind of movies where they actually bring in a composer to do music for the entire movie. I I love that because then a a big reason why I'm a huge Star Wars fan is because of the music, because of the fact that everyone's got their own kind of piece, you know, and and it's beautiful the, the way that a lot of these composers do it. And Danny Elfman is no slouch. He's a pro. He's great at it. <laughs> no, he, he really is. And, and Sleepy Hollow is a perfect example of that. Because not only does when the score starts in and, you know, just listening to the score on its own, it sucks you in. It, there, there's never a moment where you're wanting to cut it off. You're never wanting to stop it. You're never wanting because I noticed that today especially like toward the end of the soundtrack when you get to the windmill, especially the windmill part. The, mm, actually, mm-hmm. I think the windmill is when I really noticed it. When that score starts up, it's very big. It's, there's a lot going on and everything. And, the, and the, it just kept going. And then next thing you know, I was in like three tracks uh, later on, and I didn't even pay attention to it that three tracks have already went. They were all blended so well that I was like, oh, I thought it was the same score track. No, 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 no. They, you know, more tracks have happened. And we've talked about this in the past about continuity. There are scores that you can sit down, and it's like old school classical music. You can listen to it in its entirety, and it sounds like one piece of music. It's great. But there are scores that we've we've kind of reviewed in the past. Uh, for example, Beverly Hills Cops. For one, you can't listen to that in its entirety. It's like pieces jumping all over the place and then it's repeat pieces and so you know this score is kind of uh very old schoolish as far as you know the continuity it sounds like one composition you know if i was an orchestra i'd sit down start finish one piece uh and i like that too about musical scores you know the continuity of it yeah and it was really good i i like that he did that and I remember watching the film, and there was uh, one one track that he has coming up every so often. It, it's more like a, it's kind of hard to describe. It, it was like a, it sounded like a flute <laughs> with a high, with some horns, and it was when, mainly when the horseman was attacking somebody. It was like, dun, 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 dun. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it almost, almost like Bernard Herrmann's Psycho Strings, which was very popular at the time because of Marco Beltrami would scream and scream too. And it, it, it that's what it so- sounded like. And I was like, that was very unique. That was very different. It, it was um, the one track, I believe, is called The Church Attack, where, yeah. you, where you really hear it. And I was like, I remember watching the film going, that's very unique. I, I like that. It sounds a little like Psycho, but at the same time, it's... It's Danny Elfman. <laughs> I mean, there's just no other way to describe mm. it. Um, I love the choirs that he's got in this too. Yes. All the all that that gothic um, vocalization in this movie is incredible, and it starts at the very beginning. And a lot yes. of the vocalization comes in when you see young Ichabod. Yes, um, and and his mom and stuff. And it's it's still it, it's so good. And I can't really think of another Elfman score. I guess I. 
I'd have to go watch movies, but I can't think of another one where he uses a lot of chorus like that. He 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 uses a lot of choir in a lot of his scores, but I, I think with Sleepy Hollow, he really went over the top with the choir. I mean, because I, I know Beetlejuice has got some choir in there. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, Alice, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland was one of them that definitely has a lot of choir. Now, the... I forgot about Alice in Wonderland. That was Whoops. a great score. I, I had <laughs> yes. never listened to that score, you know, except for watching the film. And when we did the showcase mm-hmm. on uh, Danny Elfman and the Alice theme come up, come in there and I'm going, wow, this was a, you know, this is a heck of a theme. I'm, I, how come I've never listened to this? So I sat there and listened to the whole score <laughs> just because of that theme. And, and but no, he, he doesn't use a lot of choir, but they're not as predominant like they are in this score. Uh, what was the okay? Was it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah, Factory? Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's what it was. The the weird Johnny. Well, Depp I don't one. think you can count Oopa Loopas as the choir. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> maybe in the old the old version. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a musical. They're singing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've talked about in the past choir and the utilization of that in uh, scores and that, you know, you can use choir to have an uplifting sound. You can use choir, you know, to make you sound triumphant. You can also use choir to to sound, you know, in horror, especially, you know, those creepy tones that make things sound ominous. And, you know, he utilizes it in that respect. There is a whimsical nature to the choir, but on the flip side, a lot of the use for the choir kind of he uses it to build uh, that tension and suspense. He adds, you know, adds that to the baseline. He he balances it very well. He he has he uses choir for wonderment, for mystery, for horror, all in this one mm-hmm. score. And he'll switch between those different genres right then and there in just one track in one score cue. Now that that's kind of hard to do. Not a lot of composers can pull that off. <laughs> I, I know I couldn't do it if if I had, you know, was asked to do that. I'd be like, no. <laughs> so there is one piece that I did. And pull want... it off the way that he did, too. Sorry. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're, you're definitely right. I was just saying, just to pull it off the way that he did, too, because, you know, I think most composers could do it, but to do it as well as he did was, was fantastic. Yeah, and it was really blended. It was a blended knife. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was one piece that I did want to talk about, and that is the piece uh, with the witch scene. Uh, so, you know, up until then, you hear all these brass, you know, and you hear all these low, you know, low brass, and you hear, you know, bells and some of these moving pieces. But then when you got into the piece for the witch's scene, there was this wonderful violin rift that came out of nowhere. And it was magical. I loved it. I thought it was it was great and i'm like chris i don't remember which part of the movie that is and he's like oh i think that's when you know the other possessed her but it was just it was a violin mm. you know uh sound and i just absolutely thought it was just wonderful i liked it it, it was kind of that like screeching violin yeah. sound wasn't it like the, it the that psycho-esque kind yeah. of thing going on yeah and it was very different than and, what you've heard you know, yeah previous in the score no, he he's done something. I mean, that else. that witch was really different. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Danny Elfman has done something similar to that with another score. It was um, Dolores Claiborne, 
That oh, entire yeah, score, score. That entire score is the the weird violin sound that you hear there. And yeah, it was yeah, Dolores Claiborne was before Sleepy Hollow. Have so you maybe, ever watched it? No, I haven't. I've only heard, <laughs> I've only heard the score. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never seen the movie. I, I know, actually seen that one. I, uh, Surprise. I'm, yeah, that is surprising because it's Stephen King. Wow. I like what? I actually never even heard of it, so <laughs> I, I, Oh, it's got Kathy Bates in it. Yeah, it's got Kathy Bates uh, Oh, it's got uh, not the um, not misery, but um, it's the other one that she was in, and, and I think it's in, it takes place in Maine. Oh, that was cold climate. Most of them. Let's say all Stephen King. Yeah, just, yeah, I know. <laughs> just about all of them, except for Maximum Overdrive. That's that's North Carolina. I've never seen that one. <gasps> okay, <laughs> I've never seen that. One. You've never seen Maximum Overdrive? Oh my god! I just saw a trailer for the for a new Firestarter movie. Yes, yes, which Looks is interesting. Pretty cool. Because John book. Carpenter is oh, doing God. the score for that. John Carpenter, the director? Yes, John Carpenter, the director. He's not directing the movie, but he is scoring the movie. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was my... That, I was like going, wait, what? I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. Let's do it. Let's, let's see how this yeah. is going to sound. So, yeah. Huh. All right, so back to Danny Yuffman. <laughs> we regress. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I am the king of derailing. I, I should no, have no, 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 no. That's what we. You I'm both sorry. have ADD. We, we will go off on tangents yes, and never we get back. We'll never get back. <laughs> we we do it all the time. I mean, you've listened to our show. We we go off and yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now, uh, Sleepy Hollow was released in November seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, and. It made two hundred and seven million dollars at the box office. Good lord! Um, you know, as I mentioned before, everything was uh, filmed with a blue filter, so like blood had to have been really orange in order to create that red color. Um, and uh, Tim Burton said that Johnny Depp is one of his best fainters. <laughs> he says that he does great fainting on screen, <laughs> and you'll appreciate this, Josh. Three Darth Lords were in this movie. Oh, do you want me to name them? Yes, please. Go for it. Please Go for so. it. Um, I believe, so you got Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got um, Count Dooku. Uh-huh. Yep. And are we talking Dark Lords from like Harry Potter? No. <laughs> yeah, no. There's another Was... Darth Lord on there. Holy cow, who am I missing right now? Um, it wasn't Ray Park, was it? No. There's no way. Although no, Christopher Park- Lee, uh, Ray Park. Ian McDiarmid. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was in there. Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul was in there. He was a stuntman for the horseman. He, he, he oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what right. I was thinking. You notice the, the, he does this, yep. uh, the horseman in one of the scenes does this twirly thing. He does thing the flips. With, yeah, and you're like, that looks familiar. Yeah. I think, yep. I think most of the scenes where it was the horseman without the head, I think that was mainly Ray Park. If I remember, because okay. I remember the behind the scenes where they were talking about how they ha- had the actor or the stuntman with the green screen over his head, where so where you wouldn't see it, and then where there was like a weird digital thing happening, so they had to add in a collar, a, like a computer generated mm-hmm. collar, to you know block out something. So it was like whenever you would see the horseman, they had to add in the the digital collar every time you saw it. I'm going. Boy, that had to be a pain in the butt to animate that every five seconds. That's why seconds. they make the big book. Exactly. 
Yeah, there was, you know, and that's funny because there were so many. I didn't realize when I was 11 years old that there were so many actors in this. Oh, yeah. And it's, I guess it's, I guess it's been a minute since I've seen this because not only do you have Emperor Palpatine, Darth Maul, and Count Dooku, but you have like Harry Potter characters. Right. You have Uncle yep. Dursley and like Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> and I mean, who else? Is, there's so many well, people then, in this. Then you got um, Casper Van Dyne, like. Yeah, Starship Troopers. Like everybody. You got Alfred from Batman. Yep. Yep. Which he actually That's right. he was the uh, he was the the guy with the eye. Oh, yeah, Notary Hardenbrook. Um, yes, yeah. Harden. Yeah, Hard- yeah Hardenbrook. Oh, I thought you said book. Harden book. I'm like No, Hardenbrook. <laughs> Jeez, man. No. Well, Which <laughs> strikes you one time and it's all over. I, I know, I know. See? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I'm gonna have to deal with this for the rest of my life now. So wonderful <laughs> on his <What>? tombstone. <laughs> I was right. That's okay. That's okay. I beat you in Mario Kart Eight, so we're fine. Quiet. Oh, <laughs> oh man, them fighting words right there. No, we'll have to tell you the story about yeah when our, we stop dating the, yeah, Mario Kart. Yeah. All right, but no, well, that sounds that sounds like a podcast for sure. No, it definitely <laughs> it, it it'll be an entire episode just of that. Uh, but no, no. Um, the actor that played uh, Notary Hardenbuck, he came out of retirement just for this. Tim Burton, oh, asked, okay. yeah, Tim Burton asked him to to come in and, and do this, and he he agreed to do it, w- which was funny because I wrote this down. Yeah, I pointed it out to Chris, and Chris is like, "Oh my god!" When, when you when you see you know Hardenbrook, he says something about you know seeing is believing, and he's got one eye mm. basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like that's. That's... Like, Chris, look, he's got one eye, and he's saying, seeing is believing. Isn't that ironic? No, I, I actually found that funny. <laughs> After she pointed it out, I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. You know, that's, that's that, you talk about... Wasn't that in the... I think that was in the trailer, yes. too, where... I mean, the, the two big things of the trailer I remember were heads will roll yep. and seeing is believing. And I think heads will like roll the guy ad-lib. Said that. Was it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought heads will, heads will roll was like on everything. It like was. On it posters, was on the posters. On the... Or she said, watch out for your head, I think, maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, which, that yeah that's the least, yeah. least favorite part of the movie when she's trying to do her little one line. Watch your head. Just, just shut up. Yeah. Just yeah. Shut up. Watch your head. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talked earlier about it, you know, seeing some funny piece, uh, you know, funny parts in there. And, you know, I didn't notice how comical the very beginning was where you have Ichabod standing there in front of the court. And, you know, they're bringing the guy in and they throw him down <laughs> the chute, you know, and he's like, just burn. I'm like, to me, that's kind of dark comedy. I'm like, that's pretty funny in a way. You know, or just walk. What did he do? Nothing, you know, and you know, he obviously the cops beat him up. You <laughs> yeah, know, what yeah. happened? Right. Oh, nothing. You know, they took him away. There's there's a bunch of that when, when Depp walks out from uh, the from checking out the, the pregnant lady and he's just covered in blood. Oh, and he's like, yeah. well, <laughs> we are dealing with a madman well, and they're funny. looking at him. Like they're looking at him. He's like, yeah, covered, exactly. you know, it's like. Yeah, we kind of are dealing with a madman there. The buddy. glasses that he wears <laughs> that make his make his eyes all huge. Like oh, Chris's was, favorite there's a part. bunch of funny stuff in this. Chris's favorite part. Which one? The uh, where he, he oh, he's kind of scared oh, like a little boy in the corner after oh, he fainted. Where, where he first see he realizes oh, the horseman yeah. is real, and then Johnny Depp's reaction it's where real. he's like, "It's real. You don't understand. It's real. It was a horseman, and he was headless, and it's all true." <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. 
and, it, and my favorite reaction of that is how calm Dumbledore is when he's like, yeah, like, we, yeah we, we told you that, man. Like, we know. It's exactly now what we said was going to happen. On. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, I swear, when Johnny Depp fell backwards, when he fainted again and he hit his head against the wall, every time I watch it, every single time I watch it, I'm going, ow. It looks like it hurt. Yeah, I think it said Ow. that he fainted about five times in the movie, if I remember the trivia correctly. Five times. He got a concussion. That's funny. <laughs> he fainted in real life. So the that, first was, thing, that was not a faint. That was a concussion. So the first thing I noticed, <laughs> when the movie started up, we had the music immediately. You know, Chris and I have talked about this. In all the movies that we've watched that we really like, you immediately have music at the very beginning. And this one mm-hmm. was no exception. You know, you mentioned that you saw Danny Elfman's name pop up and you hear this special flourish, <laughs> like Danny Elfman, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but <laughs> you can hear that first score piece played from the very beginning of the movie. Uh, and then, it, you know, those pieces played throughout the film. Well, that was something Tim Burton likes. Tim Burton likes right. music to start up at the very beginning of the movie. That was, that was in the, uh, the trivia I found. Uh, he, well, he, the music in itself is is a movie, you know, like it's, exactly. it's its own thing. Right. And if you line that up, it's, you know, it should be the exact same length of the movie. Like I've always, again, Star Wars, John Williams, all that stuff. John Williams is always about that from start to finish. There's some sort of music playing, you know, and Danny Elfman does the same thing. So I, I, I love that. I love the classical aspect to it of making sure there's something behind every scene, you know. That there were some scenes. Uh, I remember the beginning because I know the score starts up and everything else, and then you got the whole scene with Martin Landau uh, dying at the very beginning, and you get that awesome pumpkin scarecrow, which looked amazing, straight up Nightmare Before Christmas looking head. You know, I swear that was Jack Skellington there for a moment, and then <laughs> you get the whole main title sequence where you got Jep, you know, Johnny Depp, Jep. I call him Jep. Wow. Good old Jip. Oh, good old Jip. (laughs) (laughs) Watch that movie with that Jip guy. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'm tired. Okay. It's been a long day. So, Jip's going to come out. All right. (laughs) Jip. That's going to be the title of I'm just going to call all the characters by their other characters' (laughs) names, like Dumbledore and Palpatine and. And, and then you got Jep. <laughs> Jep's over there in the corner. Yeah. Sauron. <laughs> Sauron, yeah. yeah. Sauron. Exactly. Uncle, I'll just call Uncle Dursley. Yeah, know, there we go. Uncle. <laughs> Jep. Anyways, when you first see Jep. <laughs> well, no, that opening sequence, Good though. When Jep. You, when... <laughs> He's lost it. We've lost him. Oh, yeah. I, I can't even finish this now. My my whole train of thought just got derailed by Jep. Thanks, Jep. Johnny Depp, Jep. I get it. Okay. You, you're missing some uh, uh, syllables in the middle, but I get it. Oh, man. I'm not sure if the listeners get it. He's just doing way. what the cool kids do. He abbreviated. abbreviating. That's, That's right. I'm pretty sure our listeners cut it off by now. And they're like, Jep, who's Jep? Okay, no. He doesn't and know. And he's going to have a, a symbol. You're, you're for starting a trend, is what you're doing. <laughs> Hashtag so Jep. Hashtag Jep. <laughs> Hashtag save, Follow Johnny save. Depp at Jep. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag save Jep, Fantastic Beast 3. <laughs> okay, Chris. Wow. All right. So the sequence at the very beginning, <laughs> we have Johnny Depp. 
when you first see him and you get the whole backdrop, I, that was the only thing to me that did not age very well. You could tell that that was a, a painting back there. When you see it, you know, it says the, you know, the, the year 1779. And you can see the, the, the clouds back there. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, yeah, that didn't age very well. You can tell that's a painting. Yeah, but the rest of it is really practical. They did practical effects. You know, you could see that, and you know, if I remember correctly from the trivia, it, everything was done almost on a stage. Uh, they created, mm -hmm. you know, they created the the town. It's not a real town, even though Sleepy Hollow was a real place. But you know, they created the backstage for the movie. Now, the script was written by Andrew Kevin Walker and Kevin Yeager. Now, those two names are very interesting because Kevin Yeager is a special effects person most you know famous for chucky of course you'd know that well exactly you know but no he not only that he he he's you know had a huge career in special effects but that's one of the more famous things he's known for and then andrew, andrew kevin walker was the writer of seven now i never would have thought the writer of seven would be making a dark well i i mean i could see the dark aspect but like a dark comedy of a dark comedy mystery of Washington Washington Irvin's Sleepy Hollow, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I never would have thought that. Hmm. That was kind of interesting. Huh. I mentioned seven. He also he also did the makeup on Face Off. This yes. Jaeger guy did. Yes. That's uh that's interesting. Huh. I like Face Off. <laughs> I'm just looking at his IMDb. No no no. no. I love fa Face. No, off. I meant movie. Excuse me. Show, movie, you know, whatever. It's on TV sometimes. <laughs> it's a show with moving parts. It's a moving show. It's a moving oh, show. Oh. It's, it's the moving picture show with oh, Jeff. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. We're losing it again. Wow. It's all over. You know, there's talkies. The to oh, the oh, so we're bringing talkies in it. Talkies yeah. with Johnny Depp. Talkies. Talkies with Johnny Depp, but we got the moving pictures with Jep. Moving pictures. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, all right. So, so the, no, the this film though, I mean, I remember the original story. I and I remember watching this movie, and I'm sitting there going, I'm "Like, it's like maybe halfway through." That's when I realized, I'm like, "Wait a minute, this is nothing like the original story." Well, he he did keep some of the original Disney elements in there, like the frog, and I remember that right away when I watched it the other day. I'm like, "Wait a minute, that was in the cartoon where the frog sound like it said Ichabod." Uh, and then the other scene where mm. he's riding on the horse backwards, you know, that's part of the cartoon. So he did take some of the elements out of the cartoon and kind of put it in uh, this film. You know, I would also think that the uh, the scene in which uh, Brom throws the pumpkin at him was that to me was typical. Well, that, that yeah, that was like the cartoon. That was the cartoon. Uh, I remember the oh, what else was it from the cartoon i, I remember them, them riding with the pumpkin on their head was yep. very much part of the cartoon because that's all the headless horseman did in the cartoon he had the pumpkin on his head the whole right. time and i i remember the the cartoon now that was something about the trivia it was like the cartoon uh, i think the story ichabod was a uh not a very good looking person he was yeah. tall he was very big feet yeah, and really big feet. And a big honking nose. With huge, huge nose. <laughs> schnoz. Yeah. Big schnoz. Yeah. They should have cast me as Ichabod Crane. Look at this nose. I don't know, man. I got a big Mario nose, so I think that'll work. Chris has got pretty. Every time I walk in a room, you hear. Did it? Did it? Did it? 
Nope. Now we're going to get a copyright <laughs> strike for that one. All right. So, and that was one of the things, though. Johnny Depp actually went to Tim. <laughs> we lost Josh. Jep. <laughs> when Jep went to Tim Burton about the makeup, he was wanting to talk to him about making his character very ugly, use a lot of prosthetics and everything else. And Tim Burton told him no. He said the reason he said we want Ichab- this version of Ichabod's ugliness or unattractiveness to come from his etiquette and his squeam- squeamish. That is, the, and that's what killed me throughout this whole movie. You've got this guy that wants. I to thought be he was scientific. cuter with that. He wants to be so scientific, and he wants to solve these problems and these murders, but yet he's so squeamish he can't even look at the dead body. Can you blame Gotta him? Look away. I mean, he's he's got those big giant goggles on there, and he's getting a close up of a severed head. And at the well, very beginning, neck. you see his hand shaking when they're talking about the horse. <laughs> And that, it's just so endearing. I feel like they didn't make him ugly that way. They made him so endearing. You know, where we're like, oh, oh, poor Ichabod. Oh, let me just give him a hug. <laughs> poor Jip. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Because even if, if he was super ugly, too, I'd be like, oh, poor Ichabod. Let me just give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> See, either way, you would have just felt compelled to give him a hug. Exactly. I probably just want to give Johnny Depp a hug, you know, just just feel him around me. <laughs> he's he's probably such a nice guy. He'd be able to like, okay, here we go. This is weird, but okay. Thank you, Jep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the fond memories. Be great. I think I think Jep's gonna stick. I think from now, every time I see Johnny Depp, it's gonna be like, "What's up, Jep?" <laughs> oh, Jep's in. I heard a really, I heard a really fun um, piece of like the practical effects you were talking about. I guess, and I was watching it with my friend today, and, and she was like, you know, when he's cutting up the tree, the the practical effects workers purposely tried to squirt the blood into his <laughs> mouth because it tasted so bad. And so after she said that, we're watching it, and then you get to the end of that scene, and there's literally blood all over his mouth and, like, not on his any other part of his face. They also were squirting like, that's, blood that's at fun. him because uh, he wasn't expecting it. So not only that, but he wasn't expecting the blood at all. And so when they started, oh, even so, better, right? And if you watch that first scene when that blood hits his face, he had no idea that he, was that was real. You, you see him jump too. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, that was real. He jumps and gets a little upset about it. You can see it in his face where he's like, oh, oh man, that was Damn real. Tim, uh, that's probably what he's thinking. From like, I'll never start another Tim Burton movie. It's like he and purposely do- splashed him with blood throughout the whole movie. Again, poor Ichabod. What a jerk. Throughout the whole movie, yeah. splashed him with blood. Just give him a hug. Well, there, there, there's two directors that I know of that do their actors that way. It's Tim Burton and then it's Sam Raimi, which both of them use Danny Elfman a lot. So, Because yeah. Sam Raimi... Uh, who, did the, who did the Alien movie, too? Was that Sam Raimi? No, no. Which Alien movie? The Alien movie, when they the, the second one, when they pop out and like they didn't tell any of the actors that the alien oh, that was, was the first one. That the was guy's the first stomach no that was jerry first goldsmith one, okay yeah that was jerry goldsmith ah, okay okay yeah. okay uh and th- that was a great score and uh, talking about that 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 is one thing with uh danny elfman you've never heard like a truly scary score now there are a lot of moments with this score where they're the score is very scary and horrifying and terrifying right. Right. And a lot of, you know, shocking moments and everything else, but it never goes too far horror. And it that was one thing that helped with the tone of the film, with the score driving it and the way it moved and everything else. Because, yeah, Johnny Depp's goofy. 
and you get the blood squirting on him and everything else. But the score really helped sell that because if you had like a serious score right then and there for those moments right there, it would completely kill the entire movie. The movie wouldn't make sense either. No. You know, we've talked about in the past that a score can make and break a movie, and I think this score paired well with the story of the movie, and it, um, it, it, you know, it did a wonderful job conveying the story. It did. Make a bot crane. It did. It really did. And it just it flowed so well with every single scene. Um, you know, you get into a different scene, and the music just kind of carries you into it. Right. There, there's, it doesn't, it's not abrupt. You know, you know, we've talked about, mm-hmm. we all listen to the score and notice the continuity. It's the same in the movie. It, it kind of continues from scene to scene. And then when they start mm-hmm. bringing in those delicate motifs, like the love story motif between Ichabod and uh, Katrina, and then they bring in the motif of Ichabod and his mother, it still flows nicely. There is no, uh, it's no, it's not abrupt, the, the um, transitions. Uh, it just, it flows. Now, Josh, yeah. you, you said you listened to the score beforehand, before you watched the movie, right? I did, I, before and after, yeah. All right, so <laughs> let me ask you this. When you were listening to the score on its own, I know you've seen the movie a lot of times because obviously you own it, just like Leslie and I both have seen it a million times. But listening to the score itself, could you ever picture either a different film or could you picture a different scene to the score that was playing? Mm. Maybe it depends. You know, it depends on the filmmaker. It depends on the movie. It depends on what they would do. I mean, I don't think so, though. It's it's very <laughs> it's very perfect for what it is. And and again, like you, the the uh, Ichabod song and and the right. Horseman song and stuff they mesh so well with them that it would kind of be hard to put that with somebody else. So. I guess the the short answer would be no. <laughs> that was a great short answer. Yeah, perfect, perfect <laughs> short answer. Ten minutes and then no. Well, every every time I <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly yeah no. All right, so every time we do an episode, I'll I'll listen to the score and I'll sit there and try to listen to the score and try to picture something else. And you know, sometimes I can, sometimes I can think of something else. With Sleepy Hollow, I can't. Now it's not that i mean it, the the score has a driving theme and everything else and it does and it has several different themes it has like a main theme to the entire film it has a theme for the horseman it has a theme for ichabod it has a theme for katrina and it but it never sells it to the point where it gets repetitious it never gets on your nerves listening to the score especially even watching the film you never hear the theme so much you're like oh there's that theme again because we, we brought it up before and we but with Beverly Hills Cop, it was like that. It was, you know. Like dead gum theme. You know, it just plays again. Right. It <laughs> still comes in there and it keeps driving at home, driving at home. And the only reason you remember the theme because it gets stuck in your head because they play it so much. That doesn't happen with Sleepy Hollow. It, it has a recurring themes, but it, they never get annoying. And they all mesh so well that it just, it, it's perfect. It works. You know, I, Danny Elfman, in my opinion, has his own style. Um most of his scores, if I hear, I could tell it's a Danny Elfman score. Uh, I think that's great to have, I mean, as an artist, to know that, okay, that's that's your art. That's that's you. You know, that's your identity in art. Um, I, I think that it. I would have been curious to see my opinion if I would have never seen this movie before and listened to the score and see what 
see what I would come up with. Uh, you know, I've listened to this score and watched this movie so many times because the score is actually one of my top ten favorite scores. Um, oh wow, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, my top ten favorite. Um, Sweet. <laughs> well, I, I, as it should be. So I I think that you know I'm I'm biased a little bit. You want to want to listen to it because of that, uh, and because I enjoy it so much. Um, but I would be curious to to see what somebody who's never heard Danny Elfman or seen the movie think when they listen. Yeah, I could see that. I'd be very curious. Yeah, you know, I would. I would be kind of curious. I would be kind of curious about that too. Yeah. I I would like to take a person who's never seen it and just play the score first, and then let them watch the movie and see what they think. That that would be kind of interesting. Very curious. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with the inevitable remake of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, It'll I happen any any time now. It'll happen any time. Heresy! Now. Heresy! <laughs> Stop it's gonna, it! I mean, come on. You know what's going to happen. I, I bet I can Google Sleepy Hollow remake right now and it'll oh, tell me when it's coming out. Don't do that. Don't do not make us cry on this podcast. I'm not listening. La, la. Yeah, no, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be one of those uh, reboot sequels. It's gonna be a requel and starring you know uh, Sleepy Hollow and it's just called Sleepy Hollow. But it's taking Channing place in- Tatum. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. Starring Channing Tatum as Jep. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, he goodness. dances. Oh. <laughs> he dances through Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like Footloose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just call it Magic Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> and the bad guy is Kevin Bacon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and and our, our, our mascot did not like that. See, that's why you should not be talking about that. That's messed up. <laughs> Oh my goodness! My mascot left me a while ago. She was like, "Oh, you're not paying attention to me anymore. I'm done with you." Our mascot was asleep. I think our other mascot was at the door trying to get in and disturb Thomas. Nice. <laughs> so are those Yorkies? They're adorable. They, that that one is at least adorable. He's like five. I think he's five pounds. Yep. Uh, he's party yeah. color, so he's not traditional colors because he's got more white in him than a normal Yorkie. Um, okay, and he is our he is measuring the scores official mascot. He's our official mascot and my my baby. Stuck <laughs> oh, me like I grew up with Yorkies. I freaking love those dogs. I do. <laughs> every every episode we've done, every time we've been on a guest on someone's podcast, Thomas has always been there. Been in my lap every time. <laughs> I'm every waiting for him so to great. talk <laughs> and give me his. It's opinion. like Trev. Did you did you hear Trev earlier? Yep. Little Trevelyan running in here yeah. yelling mm-hmm. at me. <sighs> Your travel buddy. Well, it's, it's giving your giving oh yeah <laughs> travel buddy, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that little cat hates cars. Well, really. most cats that I that I've ever had hates cars. You put them in there, and then they start this hollow meowing sound that won't stop until the car stops. Yes. You're like, Be quiet. It's like that please, growl thing. Please, please yeah, don't make that noise. I'm not. Okay, thank you. I'm not going to make that horrible noise. I humanely drugged her. It's fine. <laughs> you gave her CBD oil, did you? <laughs> they sell it. They, they sell Maybe. It <laughs> <laughs> they do. They sell it at the pet stores for the pet. That's true. That's true. That's true. Sorry, so I'm derailing you. again. I, no, I it's keep fine. doing this. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That's that's why we that's why we love having guests on because we get so many different stories. I, I love it. So as we do with every episode, is, yeah. <laughs> as we do with every episode, we list it down to three questions. 
Now, I think we've we've actually mentioned or answered a lot of these questions. Indirectly, yes. Yes. <laughs> you okay? Yes, I have a hiccup. <laughs> I have the hiccup. I thought it was thought it was Jep coming out there for a minute. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm channeling the other. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So the first question is, does it work for the film? Josh? Josh, since yes. you are our esteemed guest, you get to answer this one first. I, 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 it has to. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any other score that you could put behind this film in it. it it's, it's just, it's kind of perfect, you know? <laughs> no, it, it really is. And so, Leslie? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think it works for the film quite well. I didn't see, uh, or hear, rather, because you can't see a score. I didn't <laughs> hear <laughs> any discrepancies that would cause it to not work. You know, to me, it just works lovely. Uh, think- there's no awkward parts or anything like that. Right. It's just, it, it flows, it, it gets you to the end, and... It's wonderful. <laughs> tension where it needs to build tension. It creates whimsy. Exactly. It whimsy. It's kind of got a magical there. I think it does it all. I think it was terrible. It never yeah. worked for the movie at all. You're a liar. And the truth ain't in you. <laughs> well, this has been fun. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The score definitely works for the film. I don't think the film would have been as successful or worked if the score was not there. And I, I, it really did. It, it flowed so well. It really helped the story. It drove everything home. It sold the horsemen. It sold the gothicness. It showed the. It sold the darkness and the gloominess. And even when, toward the end, when they go back to you know what is it, New York or whatever, and the the music sounds a little bit more uplifting because the clouds are out, the sun is out. You know the, the they're happy. The I thought sun. it was snowing. Was it snowing? <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it was well, I mean, it was still though. I mean, there there was a lot. It, it, it was, was white. It, it was lighter. It, no, I mean, it really was. Yeah. It was a lot lighter than than Sleepy Hollow. You probably was. took that blue filter. Right. Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Tim Burton's like, oh crap, we we've had this filter on the camera the whole time. Oh my god, take it out of there. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So it was still lighter. Okay, I mean, the sun was out. Get you, Chris. Oh my god. Anyway, let's move on. It's pick on Chris Day. I it guess. really is. Jeez. All right. So, fine. We're moving to the next question. <laughs> All right. So, Josh, what was your favorite score and what was your favorite scene? Favorite, oh, man. Okay. Favorite so, my favorite track, scene but, is. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite scene is when um, the horseman comes out of the tree. Okay. When they're. When you first see him come out, all the heads kind of move out of the way, and then he blasts out of that tree and kind of does his, hello, I'm the horseman. <laughs> I'm going to go kill some people. It's <laughs> like that, I, I really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and I, I have to agree, I think the, the final confrontation part, the final confrontation part of the score um, is, is probably my favorite track. Um, it's it's called the final confrontation. It's yep. like the one of the in the windmill. That whole, yep. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it was such a good mix of of everything. Like like you guys were talking about earlier, just such a good mix of Ichabod's theme and the Horseman's theme and Katrina's theme or Christina Ricci's theme. Was right. that her name, Katrina? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But all their themes just mixed together. It was 
it was good. Which was interesting about that because Johnny Depp felt a little weird being uh, having her as the love interest because he's known her since she was like nine years old. So he thought that was a little weird doing that. <laughs> well, luckily they never had any sort of like kissing interaction or anything right. like that. I think that was probably. I bet that was design. probably on purpose. Oh yeah, definitely. Johnny Depp is like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> do that. No way. No. Like a sister. No. All right, so Leslie, yeah. what was your favorite score track and favorite scene? So my favorite scene um, is when uh, Johnny Depp sees a spider and he jumps up half <laughs> off the wall and he refuses to get down. He refuses. He's like, well, you can come down. He's like, no, not going to do it. You know? No, no, I mustn't. Just kill it. Just kill it, please. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, He's like, here, help me move the bed. No, no, I mustn't. You do right. it. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, I, I like that scene. It was just, it made me laugh. And my favorite piece uh, goes back to the witch piece. Um, it was, I can't remember the title. It's titled something slash the witch, I think. Yeah, it's it was Into a, the Woods slash the witch. That's it, that's it, Into the Woods. Um, I really like that violin piece that came in there because it is contrastly different than, uh, you know, the rest of the score. You got, uh, I heard disembodied voices <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it <laughs> it was just Jeff. i just have people there. locked in my closet over here i'm about like... to go cut off the heads and you Bang know on the t- <laughs> quiet. Um, but now you got that violin cue that come in there and it was starkly different but it was amazing to me it was just very delightful to hear that that little nuance in that that piece yeah, I, I like that piece. It was pretty. It, it it was a little different, but at the same time, it it worked for what was happening. And and listening to it, my favorite scene. Uh, we already talked about it. It's the the part where Ichabod is like like a little kid in the corner, and he's just you know he's like no 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 you don't understand it was a horseman he was headless you know and and like you were talking about it how was dumb, a headless horseman and Dumbledore's <laughs> like I know. We, we we tried to tell you, and it, I just love it. it was he cracks hilarious. up every time when he goes, it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> I love that part. Now, my favorite. I have. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, no, I, go I ahead, just have a question for you guys. Whenever, whenever you're done, I have a question for you guys. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So I, I, I've already covered my favorite track, too. Um, It was the church attack. Uh, I really like that one. But I mm. also like the final confrontation, like what Josh was talking about, because it too had a little bit of something that was a little bit different, a little bit, you know, it, it kind of worked for the score, but at the same time, it kind of didn't until the Sleepy Hollow theme come in there. And, you know, I, I, I like that track too. So it, for me, it was a little toss up between the church attacks and the final confrontation as far as favorite score. All right. So Josh, what is your question? What was your favorite death scene? What was your favorite kill? Oh, hmm. I'll start. Casper Van Dyne when he gets cut in half in that bridge. That was pretty cool. That That's was total cool. Starship Troopers right there. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie? All the- <laughs> All <dick. laughs> I'm trying to think. I, really. I mean, the, the, 
the uncle one uncle dursley was also yeah I, that's my favorite the one. only one that come out my mind was the the one that you just mentioned where he just ripped that guy in half with the two i think it was sickles it was using yep. sickles and you just ripped him in half and yes that was just like the only one that really pops out because the rest of it is like you Which, know, head uh, lob, head lob. during that scene, Casper Van Dyne, he actually fractured his uh, finger and he didn't tell them about it. He, he just kept filming the scene because he didn't want his scene to get cut. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I'm like, I'm going to start screaming and crying. It's hardcore. My finger. My finger. Wow, bro. Just like, I just, um, Leonardo I, just I just wanted him to yell at some point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Leonardo the I just wanted Casper Van Dyne to yell, do you maggots want to live forever? Like, <laughs> charge into the forest. <laughs> and the bugs are coming out. So, no, it reminded me of Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio and Django Unchained, you know, because that oh, scene yeah. where he uh, hit his hand, he was really bleeding. He hurt himself, and they kept filming. He just didn't stop. That's and he did some course. crazy stuff with his bleeding hand, like That's rubbing like it on method. people's faces. Like, could you Ugh. imagine? I'd be like, like dude, no. dude, get your blood off me now. Come on now. But that's method. Come on, Leo. All right, yeah, so for sure, we come to our last question: What could have been done differently, Josh? As far as the score, Christopher Walken's teeth. Oh, the score. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, hey. Now he went uncredited for this movie, so I gotta give him credit. So he can have no, a shark. Oh yeah, he can have a shark teeth if he Nor wants. Nor did it. he know how to ride a horse. Yeah, he accepted the role. Oh, took it, true. Yeah, he he took the role and everything else, and then afterwards he was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I can't ride a horse." <laughs> they use a mechanical horse, I think, for some yep. of his scenes. A lot of his scenes, actually. <laughs> as far as the score, though, I think there was one tiny little like out of place. It sounded like a crash or some sort of percussion when when they're fighting on the bridge. That Casper Van Dyne death scene, or um, it's it, it's such a random crash mm-hmm. that I I think just take that out. That'd be the only complaint that I have. It's just one little tiny hit of an instrument in one second of the movie. It was just kind of so it was jarring. Like when it happened, I like. I was like, wait, what did I rewound it to make sure that I heard right? Right. And and I was like, that's really strange to have that in that particular scene. It just it didn't to me, it didn't work as well. Leslie? I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> wow, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Probably because I was paying attention to all the lightning strikes around the horse. Um <laughs> because in the film, anytime you saw the horseman come or go, there was a lightning strike. <laughs> Oh, anyway, That's true. that is true. I never thought about that until you just pointed it out. Huh. Yeah, there was a lightning strike anytime you saw him come or go. Um, I I like the score in its entirety. I wouldn't have done any uh, different, in my opinion. I, I think that uh, it worked well uh, for what he intended it to do. Yeah, and, and I agree. Um, sorry, Josh, I didn't hear the random crash. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll have to go back and we're gonna have to go back and actually yeah we're gonna have to go back that. and watch it just for that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure now it's I there. It. No, no, we're not saying it's not there. It's just now it we want to hear. It. Yeah, now I want to hear it because right. just, just to hear. I'm starting to question myself now, though. I'm pretty sure it's there. No, if you rewatched it and you heard it again, it's there. Yeah, it, it's definitely yeah. there. So no, we'll, we'll, uh, all right. So we're gonna stop the podcast right now. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. You're wrong. 
Jeez, Josh. The only thing I saw there was Jep and his horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which Johnny Depp actually adopted the horse that yes. he rode because they they were going to put the really? horse down. Yeah, they were going to put the horse down and he felt bad, so he adopted the horse. I thought that was, that was really cool of him. Gunpowder? Yep. Yes, and they said that the gunpowder like. had uh, flagellants throughout the whole movie. You know, the laughing joke of the movie. Farting horse. <laughs> Jep and his farting horse. Right. Sounds like a wonderful movie. Sounds like a kid's book. I could see I could see Tim Burton back too. It. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So those are our thoughts on Sleepy Hollow. Now, Josh, you've got a ranking for this, I believe. Ten out of ten. There we go. Leslie, what's your ranking for this? Out of ten. The movie or the score? All right. All right. So Josh. I'm going of... both ten out of ten. Okay. And it's mainly because it's just one of my top 10 favorite movies. Yeah, see, I've got a nostalgia for this movie, so that's kind of hard for me to rank it. Score first. Of course, the score is 10 out of 10. It's within my top 10 favorite scores of all time. Movie? Come on. (laughs) 9.999. Bar nine. No. (laughs) Score, I got to go with 10 out of 10 for me. Definitely, because the the score is just listening to it again. It it hit all the right notes. It hit every emotion that it was supposed to hit, and it, it sold everything for. So yeah, definitely ten out of ten for me. I'm going nine out of ten for sleep for the movie. You suck. I'm sorry. I'm wah, sorry. Wah. You ruined it. Only because there, what the story and everything else was great. That nothing, it was only because there was a couple of scenes where the special effects just kind of did not. I age don't know well. you. But if you go back, if you remember 1999, I do. those special effects I, I, were top notch. I love the movie. I am not <laughs> saying that it, it just doesn't have that. I was point. a junior in high school in 99. <laughs> I feel it old. even has, yeah, I was now I was a seventh grader or something. Um, I that was, like, <laughs> feel so old. It still had the Tim Burton, like. Like tongue and eyes pop out scene, and yeah, it looked better than it did in Beetlejuice. Now I gotta, I gotta give them credit for this. Now I, the their practical effects, like with the heads rolling and everything, the heads still to this day look real. They look like they are that actor's head. Now I, well, yeah, they killed all those actors. Well, yeah, that's you know, they're pod people. Uh, well, yeah, the, the, that's why you haven't seen Casper Van Dyne in anything since nineteen ninety nine. They cut him in half right then and there. You know, the 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 guy that's in Starship Starship Troopers three that's not that's not him. That was a robot in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it wasn't Christopher Lee. Christopher Would Lee you heard of cloning. Christopher Come Lee on. didn't die in this movie. <laughs> Saying it's pod people. No, he was he was very uh very brief in this movie, and it's yes. it's funny because it's all the voices. When Christopher Lee came on, I was like Dooku, and then the same thing when. <laughs> When uh, Dumbledore came on, I was like, "Professor." Now, see when <laughs> this movie here? when this movie came out, though, you know these actors had never played those characters. So I remember watching right. the theaters, and I saw when I saw Christopher Lee, I'm like, "Wait a minute, that's the guy from Gremlins 2. He's like, "Who are these old people?" <laughs> old people, really? <laughs> no, that's that's, and it's funny because episode episode one came out in May of 1999, so that was I bet Ian McDermott. Emperor Palpatine, yes. that was the most movies he's ever been in in the same year. <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's funny. 
forever. Wow. Ever, ever. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm gonna do the same line. Forever. Forever. <laughs> See, yeah, Josh gets that. it. We did that the other day to each other. <laughs> I'll just we randomly did. bring it up. I'll, I'll randomly, I'll randomly bring up forever and Jenny just. It's all true. Yeah, he will. He'll say it's all true. <laughs> So, love it. I love it. That, those those are our thoughts on the Sleepy Hollow score in the film. And Josh, thank you so much for joining us here today. It it really Absolutely. has been, it, it really has been a pleasure derailing with you, man. It's been great. I've loved it. Uh, talking about Jep and uh, Emperor Palpatine and Count Dooku and <laughs> Uncle Dursley and, of course, Professor Dumbledore. I mean, it's been great. I got Sauron. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, sorry. Thank you guys so no, much for. Uh, yeah. Oh, never mind. He's the same guy. Same guy. He's, exactly. He's, you know. Yeah. yeah. Same guy. And anytime, anytime you guys want to talk a Star Wars score, just you know, hit me up. Well, now that you mentioned that, I guess we can go ahead and spoil this a little bit. Josh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, we're going to go ahead and spoil it now. Later in the season, Josh will be coming on, rejoining us, rejoining us with Jesse from Sudden Bun Inevitable. And we'll be talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes. <laughs> See, he's excited. We're excited. That's a fantastic. That's, so it's funny. Um, Rogue One was the second podcast. Uh, Twist My Arm did a podcast on Rogue One when it came out. And that was the second podcast that Jesse was ever on. So if you go back to Twist My Arm and you go back to the Rogue One episode, you can hear Jesse as a wee little podcast lad. <laughs> I love it. You may have I to love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> For our research. So Josh, real quick, tell yeah. our listeners again where they can find Twist My Arm Podcast Network and the rest of the podcast that you are associated with. Oh man. Um, I won't go into everything, but you can follow me on Twitter at Twist My Arm Cast. You can find us on Facebook to search Twist My Arm Podcast. Uh, same thing on Instagram. And then if you want to find all the other shows, Sunbun Inevitable, Marvel Cannon Madness, Quest Me, Intrepid DM Journeys, Best Flicks, um, Twist My Arm, all those other different shows, just go to twistmyarm.net. And then uh, that's probably the best I got. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, if you want to talk to us here at Measuring the Score, you can contact us on Facebook. Just type in Measuring the Score Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Just type in, again, Measuring the Score Podcast. If you want to talk to us on Twitter, at Measure the Score you can send us an email at measuringthescore at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, you know what, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts at. You can find us on there. Make sure to give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, even if it's a negative one. Just be honest. That's all we ask for. Leslie, you got anything? Did you mention our email? I did. Measuringthescore at gmail.com. Apparently, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, so I talked about the email. It's measuringthescore at gmail.com. I see what you did. Did you know we have an email? It's at measuringthescore at gmail.com. <sighs> you can also contact us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Not funny. <laughs> I don't do technology. <laughs> I am not technology. I just do podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I just do podcasts <laughs> and rocks and stuff. And rocks and stuff. That's right. I can yeah. identify unknown rocks. There we go. Rocks and stuff. <laughs> That's my special superpower. So. Oh, my God. You guys are great. <laughs> As always, for Mission Score, I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Have a good one.